Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. It's been a delight already to gather together to sing praises to God, to attend to God's Word, and to gather around the waters of baptism. It's been a rich morning already. And we still have the opportunity in just a few moments to gather at our Lord's table around Holy Communion as well. These things that we do as a church, like gathering, usually weekly, singing and praying and hearing God's word, responding to it, baptizing with water, whether it's here at the font or in the pool, gathering around the Lord's table, these things that we do We didn't make up. We didn't come up with these things on our own. These are things that we do because we're we're a small C church that's part of the big C, capital C, church that has been around for a long time. When we do these things as a congregation, we're not just continuing the historic ministry of Bethany Covenant Church, although that's a long history. We also continue to live into the mission of the church, founded over 2,000 years ago on the life, the death, the resurrection, and teaching the person of Jesus Christ. Now, if you've been around for around Bethany even a little while, you've probably picked up on some things, seen some things, heard about some things that make us tick. What are we about? You've probably heard and hopefully seen some evidence of our commitment together to gather and serve so that generations would discover and experience the love of God. Maybe you've heard a bit about that being our mission that we lean into in these days in this place. If you've been with us, you've gotten a sense of our priorities, a sense of our personality as a congregation. Now, especially if you haven't been around a long time, you may have heard less about the denomination uh, to which this church belongs. That name Covenant in our name, Bethany Covenant Church, is there because We are a member church of the Evangelical Covenant Church of America. And next Sunday, we'll begin a series exploring the question, so what's the covenant? What makes the covenant covenant? We'll look at our distinctives. We'll talk about our shared affirmations. And you'll discover why we're using a bonsai tree as a metaphor for our church. So there's a teaser. Come back next week. But this morning, we're going to take a step back and have a bit broader perspective and ask questions not really necessarily about our denomination to which we belong, but about the church and why our church and our denomination even exist in the first place. So before we dive into our denominational history next week and talk about our shared affirmations, before we walk through the rooms and take a tour of, of the House of the Covenant Church Let's take a a peek down in the basement and look at the foundation. We are founded on and grounded in the Word of God. And by the Word of God, I mean the, the Bible, the scriptures we've been given, but also the living Word, Jesus Christ himself. We are grounded on the Bible that teaches us how to live according to the way God wants us to live, to follow that model of Christ that we've been given Jesus himself is our foundation. He's our grounding. And this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he wrote a letter to the Christians at the young church in Colossae. 
Similarly to what he had written to the Ephesians that was read earlier, he talked about the essential nature of our faith in Jesus Christ as he wrote to the Colossians. Paul's saying it really matters what you believe. But as we see as Paul's letter unfolds, he says putting your faith in Jesus is actually, is actually just the beginning. So from Colossians 2, we read, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots go, grow down into him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And I'll just pause to say it's, uh, it's good to be back in New England where I can say rooted and not be in the Midwest where they say, what? Don't you mean rooted? We are rooted in Christ. As disciples of Jesus, we have roots that are going down into something. And Paul tells us that it needs to be Christ himself, that our roots are meant to keep growing, going down deeper and deeper as we build on Christ as the foundation of our lives. Paul warns his readers, warns us, that there are other things we could root into, there are other things we could found our lives on. He says the world is gonna give you all kinds of alternate ways to base and build your life. He says there'll be empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. I love that translation from the New Living Version. But all of these, Paul says, arise from human thinking and scheming and rationalizing and trying to piece things together apart from a reliance on God and apart from a foundation on Christ. Paul says we're meant to reject those teachings so that we can cling instead and root down deeply into the teachings and person of Christ. And this is what the church has always been about, being rooted in Christ following and acknowledging him as Lord, as Savior, naming him as the very Son of God, the long-promised Messiah of God's people. There's a story in Matthew chapter 16 where one day Jesus calls his disciples together and says, who do you think I really am? Who do you believe me to be? He says, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now we know, especially from the book of Acts, that Peter would go on to be a very foundational leader in the Christian church. He started churches. He was somebody who was looked to for guidance in terms of what does this faith really mean? How do we practice our faith in Jesus? As doctrines were developed, he was sought out for his expertise and knowledge. But it's really upon this foundation that the church is built 
upon Peter's confession and affirmation that Jesus is the Son of God. The deity of Jesus is the bedrock foundation of the church. And it's a claim and a truth that Jesus says the powers of hell will never prevail against. Jesus is the Son of God. That statement is the the main core truth, the main claim that founds our faith. And over time, of course, the church would go on to develop some doctrines and statements about, well, what does that really mean? What does it mean that Jesus is fully God? How can we think about that conceptually? What does it mean for our lives? What are the implications of the deity of Christ? And the church began to develop uh, a history and a set of doctrines. Now, this morning, we won't dig too deeply into church history, but especially as we prepare to look at our denomination's uh, history and distinctives next week, I think we need to uh, recognize this morning that there are four mainstreams that have shaped Christian thought and practice over the centuries uh, that really we share with many sister churches and sister denominations. First, as a covenant church, we are an apostolic church. And what that means is that we confess along with the apostles that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Son of God. We affirm with the apostles, those early church leaders, 11 disciples of Jesus, Paul, and several others from those very earliest days, that the Bible is our guide, that Scripture speaks and God speaks through the Scriptures to guide us in all matters of faith and doctrine and how we live our lives. And then secondly, we are a Catholic church. Now, before you wonder whether you walked into the right building this morning, uh, let me explain that Catholic with a small c simply means the universal church. We number ourselves among all churches that go back to the time of the apostles. We don't point to our founding other than the work of Christ on earth, on the cross, and out of the empty tomb. As I mentioned earlier, we, don't, we didn't come up with this church thing on our own, so we point our history all the way back to the days of the apostles because we didn't appear out of a vacuum with no history or context. This is one reason that we, we sing our faith. We sing, I believe, here are the words of my faith. We recite, declare together, often using the words of the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed that we'll use around the table today. These are the things we believe along with those who came before us since way back in the day of Jesus Christ. And in these affirmations of faith, specifically in these creeds, we acknowledge the Trinity. We name Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as fully God. And then third, we are a Reformation church. And here we begin to draw a bit of a distinction in our history uh, between us and some other churches that we would fully recognize as part of the universal church, uh, but maybe out of a different branch than we would name ourselves. Because as we recognize that in our DNA as a church, as a denomination, we find ourselves clinging to the grace of God and faith as the means of salvation as we recognize the central role of the Bible in our daily lives, and as we find ourselves really firmly in the tradition of the Protestant Reformation. This excerpt from the Augsburg Confession of 1530, I think articulates well the shared emphasis among what we'd call Reformation churches. It is taught among us, among our churches, that we cannot obtain forgiveness of sin and righteousness before God, 
by our own merits or works, but that we receive forgiveness of sin and become righteous before God by grace, for Christ's sake, through faith, when we believe that Christ suffered for us and that for his sake our sin is forgiven and righteousness and eternal life are given to us. Now, among this group of Reformation churches, covenanters fall most particularly within a stream called pietism. And pietism is a renewal movement that originated in 17th century Europe that really emphasized a personal, uh, the need for a personal life and relationship in Jesus Christ. Emphasized sanctification, ongoing being made holy by the Holy Spirit, and a call of service to the world, a faith that shows up in actions. Pietism sought to balance heart faith and, and head faith so that we believe things that then shape our lives and make a difference. It acknowledges the correct doctrine. In other, in other words, believing the right things is essential but not fully enough. We need to be connected in a relationship with Jesus and that relationship needs to show up in how we live our lives. And then lastly, we are an evangelical church. Now, like the word Catholic, evangelical, maybe as we hear that word comes to us loaded with some, some images and connotations. But historically, evangelicalism is rooted in uh, religious awakenings that bloomed in Europe and the United States during the 18th and 19th centuries. And we see times, cycles over the past 200 years when waves of spiritual revival swept through specifically the Protestant West and the Covenant Church was shaped significantly by those movements. So long before evangelical as a word began to take on uh, perhaps a bit different or narrower meaning, specifically in the 1970s, this word evangelical is rooted in the word evangelion, the good news, the gospel of the New Testament. And evangelicalism has always been characterized by a strong insistence on the authority of God's word, the Bible, the absolute necessity of new birth in Jesus Christ, a mandate from Jesus to share that gospel throughout the world, and the continuing need for growth and formation in Christ, as well as responsibility that we have for acts of benevolence and justice among our neighbors. So that's a really brief history lesson really kind of uh, framing a sense of the foundation of who we are. Where did we, what, what's the basis, the foundation of this church we call the covenant denomination? The main point this morning is that, is not history, it's that we are people who do things for a reason. We do things, yes, because of our history, but really more because of our identity, who we are. And most especially we do things because of the mission that Jesus has given us. Our identity as Bethany Covenant Church is that we are an apostolic, Catholic, Reformation, evangelical church. But more than anything, Bethany Covenant is a church. That's the main point. We take our place, we find our meaning within the capital C church that's built on this confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We sing and pray because God's people have been doing that for millennia. We baptize, we teach, because Jesus himself told us to go into all the world, teaching the things he taught and baptizing in his name. We gather around the Lord's table because Jesus told us to do it often, and as often as we do it, to do it in remembrance of him.
Now, in the coming weeks, especially as fall ministries ramp up here at Bethany, you're going to hear a lot of opportunities about connection and growing as you get involved with what's going on here. And all of these activities are designed to help us live into our purpose and identity as Christians individually and as the church collectively. They're all designed to help us stay rooted in our purpose and mission. I love talking to people here at Bethany and getting a sense of of what they appreciate about this specific congregation, this small part of the body of Christ. I love that Bethany has kind of a feel and an ethos, a vibe and, and a purpose. And I think we can continue to live into that and grow into that. But my prayer this morning is that especially we would not lose sight ever of that last word in our name, that we would never lose sight of the fact that we are Bethany Covenant Church. We are a church. We are part of God's church. A church built on no foundation less than Jesus Christ himself. We are rooted in him. Our church, our lives have roots that go down deep into him and are meant to continue to grow deeper and to grow and flourish. So I invite you this morning to join together using the words of the Apostle Paul. And as we say these words, may they remind us and remind each other of our purpose this morning. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Please join me in prayer. Lord God, thank you for uniting us as the church in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that we are part of the body with Christ himself as our head. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who lives within us and keeps us pointed toward Jesus. God, would you continue to build us on the sure foundation of Christ, nourish our roots so that they grow down deeply into him. God, keep us firmly anchored when the empty philosophies and nonsense of this world wash like waves over us. Keep us in the way of truth and keep us humble and yielded to Jesus as you keep our eyes on him. Amen.